0: listening to the Asheville Folk Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Christina Ferre, the creator of Asheville Folk. Many of you know us from Instagram, but we're excited to bring you Asheville Folk in a whole new format. Join us for weekly interviews with artists and entrepreneurs, noteworthy local and national news, and lots of laughter as my hilarious co-hosts constantly interrupt one another to share random and interesting Asheville moments. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed making it. This episode is brought to you by Fall Break. Fall Break is a creative gathering and camping trip taking place this September in the beautiful mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. If you're into inspiring speakers, creative workshops, community dinners, and ending each night with s'mores over a campfire, then you have to check out Fall Break. Learn more at fallbreak.co or on Instagram at fallbreak.co. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, we're glad you're here. This podcast is about all things Asheville, from local news stories to chatting about our favorite people, places, and things. We also bring an inspiring interview with a local artist, entrepreneur, or thought leader. With me today is my charming husband, Blaise Ferre. That's me. We also have a couple of new voices sitting in that I think you're really going to enjoy. First, we have writer and head of the Asheville Folk Book Club, Emily Glazer. Hi. We also have graphic designer and Asheville native, Drew Glover. Hey, y'all. Now, it's been a while since we've been in the studio. Last week, we had a very special Valentine's Day episode about love stories. And I wanted to ask you guys, how did you spend your Valentine's Day?
2: Well, I spent my Valentine's Day intoxicated, um, which is always a good way to spend your Valentine's Day. Um, So I started off with brunch in West Asheville, um, and then I went to a show at the Orange Peel where I ingested too many high-quality beers. Um, So I did want to share some hangover remedies one being hair of the dog meaning um, you offset your body's crazy mm. equilibrium with more alcohol so basically
0: like drink more so yes like, you feel really bad from <laughs> drinking just like drink a little bit more exactly and you'll feel So that's one
2: because like we said drink more drinking is always a good idea um, and then the second one is ice cream floats so ice cream soda classic but also there's a lot of good things in there for hangovers like caffeine sugar. Apparently the bubbles are really good for you. The temperature is supposed to be really good for you. Um, I did try it once and it worked well. So the bubbles? Yeah. Apparently carbonation is mm. it's key. So I wonder mm. if
0: a bubble bath would. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Carbonated bath.
1: Soda bath. We can do that. Yes, soda water.
3: All right. So my that's uh, pretty pretty low key. Uh, Valentine's Day, me and my partner checked out uh, Asheville Biscuitry. And who is your partner? Oh, my partner, the <laughs> lovely photographer, Shawnee Kuykendall. Oh. Is she,
0: is she around here? or uh, She
3: She may or may not be looking at us right now, but that's not really the point. <laughs> Let's just give a shout out to Shawnee. She is in the at studio. Shawnee Joy on she Instagram. She is actually here. Just say howdy. From
0: the, Hi. There she is in the studio with
3: us. She's also a local business owner. She has her uh, own photography studio joy light photography so check her out.
0: Shameless plug. Yep. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so,
2: we'll how is the Asheville Biscuitry? Cuz so, it's right across the street from me, so I've been wanting to check it out.
3: Yeah, it's uh it's a neat little spot. They basically they've carried over a lot of the interior decorations from Dough. Mm-hmm. So, if you went to Dough, it will still feel like Dough. <laughs> um I we actually both had the uh, fried chicken biscuit. Mm. and I had to say, you know, if you're right across the street from Homegrown. They got killer fried chicken. I'd say Asheville Tree's chicken. It's pretty good.
0: Oh Nice. Have We We haven't been there yet, have we? We haven't, no. It's pretty new, right? Yeah, really it just opened a few, few weeks, weeks, weeks ago. ago. Oh, okay. Nice. We'll have to go. So what did we do during our Valentine's Day?
1: Well, we woke up and decided we would watch a movie on Netflix. <laughs> we woke up and stayed in bed half the day. <laughs> we did breakfast in bed. Blaze made breakfast in bed, and then an we... We're like, let's watch a movie. And you know how it is whenever you're trying to find a movie to Wait, watch on Netflix. You have to tell, you have to tell oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Blaze brings in... Shameless um, plug for me. <laughs> um, Blaze woke me up with these beautiful, beautiful flowers. Oh. They were frozen, ice cold. <laughs> from He left them in the trunk the day before <laughs> so that I wouldn't see them. He was okay. trying to hide them from me. And I kind so of I'm know surprised. like when you buy
0: flowers from the store, you're supposed to put them immediately in water. But I didn't want to take them inside, and then she'd see them, and it would mm. kind of ruin the whole deal. And I wasn't going to drive in the morning to go get flowers, because so they probably would be gone. So I left them in the trunk, and it's <laughs> 18 degrees, you know, the night before
1: last So, so
2: did they preserve well, or they they actually
0: made it through yeah, the I night?
2: Yeah, I did
0: see
1: that. Well, me. they did make it through the night. They were fine when they were frozen, but when they thawed out, they are brown. Okay. They turned brown. They're brown you... now? Well, brown edges. <laughs> did you notice that today?
0: No, no. I didn't,
1: actually. No. Poor flowers. Well. I mean, I think it's very endearing. It is cute, yeah. I love so them. Sweet.
3: It's the story. And exactly, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yes. It's the story that counts. But then we tried to find a movie on Netflix, um, and we ended upon decided upon Labor Day, which was so random because oh neither of us had ever seen it I've or never anything. Seen that. It's with Kate Winslet, and Kate Winslet,
0: and uh, Some uh, dude. He. Looked, <laughs> I kept saying, "Who is this guy?" Like the entire time. But I mean, he looked like really cool kind kind of. But
1: it was actually a good movie. I wasn't planning I was on it being a good surprised. movie. I was like, okay, we'll just here watch was the, this the Here's the
0: premise. A escaped convict meets up with, like, sees a kid walking... Okay, so a woman and a
1: single, <laughs> a single mom
0: with, like, a lot of our psychological issues...
1: I would say anxiety. Anxiety okay.
0: issues. No, a single mom uh, is has custody of her, like, 8-year-old son or 10-year-old son, and they're walking through the store, and this escaped convict stops the son and then, like proceeds to kind of kidnap him and his mom oh. basically kind of like intimidates them and says give me a ride to your house so that gives him a ride and then he holds them hostage for like three days but she falls in love with
2: him. <gasps> oh, oh that's so romantic. And the destroyed. kid
0: is like playing catch with the guy like a dad And but the guys never mean to them at all Never and like Anyways, it's such an interesting story. We were very surprised at how into it we actually got. Wow. So, yeah. I'm going
2: to go home and watch, you you watch, watch it. You should watch it. Yeah. Was, it yeah, was that good. That sounds really good. I was really surprised. I
0: mean, it could be like the fulfillment of all your hopes and dreams.
2: Yeah, right? I <laughs> feel like this is a lot of my fantasies like coming to fruition. Like,
0: he is a good looking
3: yes.
2: convict,
0: actually. awesome.
3: Don't
1: write yeah. anyone off. You never <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, my hopes and dreams is just finding something on Netflix that I like the first time. So, right? <laughs> so kudos. It, could it could taking be a flyer. of
0: your hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs>
1: watch it um, did you have anything to share Blaze
0: I mean I don't know we I know had, we had
1: the same Valentine's Day so I, I, I don't I know did. if you had <laughs> to it ask. was fun
0: I enjoyed okay. it um, I will say this actually um, we did Christina and I did this fun little game together And um, this is kind of like one of those valentines for people that don't want to spend tons of money. Mm. So we got a notepad, and we decided to write each other notes all day long in this notepad, so that we could keep it for like future reference. So like we just traded back and forth throughout the day at random places, random times, and that was really kind of a fun thing. So it
1: was fun. That was Blaze's idea. He that was one of my gifts. He gave me this like sketch pad. Well, he didn't want to say anything, but well, he had (laughs) written me a note in it, and then it was really fun. I was like,
0: here's this coloring book happy valentine's day (laughs) there's a sketch pad
1: all right well let's move along to our noteworthy news let's start with you drew what do you have
3: so my noteworthy news is regarding uh kanye west's new record uh the life of pablo or the other any other the four or five names it's been known as in the past week (laughs) 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 it's it's been uh uh, the activity on Twitter and all kinds of internet forums has made this a really unique way of experiencing a record release, especially because of this big hype around the record release party, which uh, Kanye basically brought his laptop out and shared an auxiliary cord huh. and had a bunch of people. And when he was done, he uh, gave it to his friends and said, hey, we you got Madison Square Garden for another hour, play whatever you want. Oh my gosh. And uh, so you get a big look into... Kanye's mind, which is very manic. Um, A lot of people probably diagnosing him with (laughs) one of several disorders right now. Um, But uh, the weird part is that the album still technically hasn't been released yet. It's still exclusive on Jay-Z's music service that you have to pay $20 a month for.
0: Oh. I was wondering, because I see all these people like posting about it, and mm-hmm. so I went on iTunes looking for it. And it's Spotify, not there. It's just not there.
3: And he actually, uh, just this afternoon, he said, I never wanted to be on iTunes. I wanted to only be on Tidal forever. So, oh,
1: so we, crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I um, feel a little bit out of the loop, but I didn't know about Jay-Z's subscription-only based thing. So you pay $20 a month, kind of like Spotify? Yeah, it,
3: it's basically, or pretty. The, the premise is exactly like Spotify, and it? it's a streaming service. And what he's trying to sell it on is the the artists on there and the exclusivity of it. Like the big things this year is like Rihanna had a record mm-hmm. released uh, re- released exclusively on the, on the service, and it's it's just his what he's trying to get into that game. He's trying to diversify, and you know he's got all he's got this media influence, and he's trying to put his fingers in mm-hmm. and everything. But it's just not it's not really catching on. I mean. It, it's it's catching on as far as it's catching a lot of flack (laughs) a lot of people are talking about it maybe not for the right reasons um but a lot of people talked about spotify that's true yeah Yeah, spotify but the only thing is it's the same
0: kind of service so it's kind of like
3: yeah you got a lot of overlap yeah Yeah. and so you got a lot of people just kind of waiting it's like well you know i can wait a few weeks to listen to this thing and you've got you've got your hardcore people who i guess that's their target they'll pay for yeah, and so, then immediately unsubscribe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what's next for, um, where does it go next then? Or are you saying that's it, that's the only place you can get his album? Or in a few weeks, will we be able to hear other places? Or do we know?
3: I have no idea. Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> think anybody really did. right? <laughs> Tony now, right, doesn't even know. Right <laughs> now you can download it there. Um, I mean, there's, you know, you can many other methods, which I'm not going to go into detail.
2: <laughs> but maybe if you look hard enough, you can find it somewhere else. Um, I was really intrigued, or not intrigued, but I love celebrity drama, I guess. Um, but apparently there's like now huge Taylor Swift, Kanye. Yeah. Another one. Part two, mm-hmm. 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 because of the lyrics he used.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I saw that. And
2: yeah. I, so I obviously delved way too deep into this, but I, I read an article that said that, so Kanye said like, number one, I'm an artist, I can do whatever I want. Number 2, I talked to Taylor on the phone for an hour and she gave me permission. Um and then Taylor Swift's publicity mm-hmm. person came out and said like It didn't happen. No, that's not true. Yeah. And in fact, she discouraged him from using misogynistic lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't and think then
3: he was like, "Go ahead." I don't think she's actually made any No, she hasn't said anything. But I will say that the list you're referencing, I think he was actually at list uh, item number seven or eight it
2: wasn't even like (laughs) it was was a really big list there
3: were probably a few half sentences in there they counted the statements
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then he was like yeah and i talked to my wife for a while about it and she gave me her blessing to sing it he's like yeah i'll eventually have sex with taylor swift i'm like yeah i'm
1: sure
3: your wife was like super stoked it's so weird it's everything there's another part where he references the ray j and uh how you know Kim originally got her internet fame? How
2: he talks about that? Uh, yeah, yeah I and
3: mean, I, I, he may be talking about I that when he's that. blessing it because I imagine that's probably a little more sensitive. To- <laughs> yeah,
2: totally.
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's just really crazy. Just in general, it's really fun to watch. I yeah. guess just from the sidelines. I mean, you
1: can yeah. totally like
0: have like a reality show based around.
1: I know I was gonna oh, say I feel the, like we could I, have yeah. an entire podcast like, just you
0: about Kanye's kind of <laughs> like it could be like keeping up with keeping like up with the Kardashian, Kardashian. West <laughs> <just keeping> <laughs> <with>. and Kanye <laughs> the West
3: yeah but the record is really good so, is it so oh, is that's, it? So so that's really like the, the overall point about it, so. is that it's, it's it's pretty good so yeah <laughs>
1: I all mean, I like working, all of his but. stuff, so I'm sure it is good. I do like all of his stuff, but I also think he's kind of a jerk, and I feel yeah. bad yes. whenever he's me to Taylor Swift because she's so nice. And she's everybody's favorite. <laughs> she is. She's so nice. She's so sh- <laughs> <laughs> How could you be mean to Taylor Swift? <laughs>
3: Someone just told me that uh, you can kind of think of Kanye like the Donald Trump of music where he, <laughs> he, he expresses a lot of the opinions that, so that a lot of musicians have or supposedly do. So he's just not – His filter is...
0: Not there. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) So, I also saw earlier that Kanye... Was tweeting at Mark Zuckerberg and tweeting at the whole world that knows Mark Zuckerberg and saying, "Get Mark Zuckerberg to call me within the next 24 hours or something." Or I, and then he was like, "I know it's your birthday." And then and then this article was like, "No, it's not oh, his birthday wow. for another like six months or something I know like it's that." Your birth birthday's was. in May or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and he basically is trying to get Mark Zuckerberg to invest. Um, A billion dollars into kanye ideas that's what he called um but he's also 58 he said before that he said i'm 58 million in debt after my my, um after the release
3: of this album or this well his his failed business ventures that have kind of not caught on he's got this idea for this multi-industrial company that's that makes all these different ranges of products and just, really? Yeah, it, it's called Donda after his after his mom. Oh. And it didn't work. It I've hasn't worked that. yet because I think he's still trying. And what are the products? I have no idea. There aren't any.
1: <laughs> just, the just ideas. Money ideas. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: like shoes. Like yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I think the. Well, fa- he does
1: have shoes. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he has fashion a fashion lines. line. Yeah, which, yeah did, Taylor Swift's. Brother, oh, brother threw away
3: threw his shoes. <laughs> yeah, his... um. Yeah. The, the listening party was kind of also a fashion show type deal, where there were just a bunch of models just standing still for the whole time. And he had a big list of rules, like 20 different rules. It's like, serious? don't look at the camera, don't move, don't make any sexy faces.
0: Oh, my God.
2: This is just upsetting me. It's making me. This whole conversation has made me like Kanye West less and less by the second.
0: It's so, easy to do. Yeah, it's, it, it yeah, really it's like is. a. It really is like a Donald Trump. Yeah, it's, going that is a great. Because you just get really like, I hate this person. Yeah. Or just this person has no like sense of reality, and then they say something, and you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But we're also,
3: he doesn't get a lot of benefit of the doubt because he broadcasts himself out in the public, so everyone's gonna have their opinion. Yeah. So it's kind of a, well, he, kind of does it to himself. Yeah. But it's a little magnified. Yeah.
1: I and read the same article, like, or one of the articles about him being in debt. I read the entire thing, and I still don't understand how he's $58 no. million dollars in debt.
2: That's so much money. It's, like, so, it's so much money. money you <laughs> well, spend it
1: was really funny
0: because we were, like, driving over here talking about that, actually. And we were like, well, if you think about it, the way that people do debt a lot of times is they do it in, in ratio to the amount that they make. So like if you make a certain um, amount, then you're in debt a certain amount and you kind of feel like, okay, we can manage this and we can pay our certain payment a month and we're okay. But if you make more money, then you let your debt go higher if you live with that kind of mindset. So we were thinking about that and like, hmm, that's interesting because sometimes we're like, oh yeah, if we make this much, then we'll just like yeah. wipe away all this certain <laughs> debt or whatever. But I guess a guy like that is like, nah, my, my minimum payment <laughs> is like 10 grand a month or 50 yeah, grand no a problem. month and I'm fine or something like that. So my thing of the week um, is – I'm sure everybody heard about it, but the Supreme Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia uh, was found dead this week, and I guess he is one of the conservative judges and – He was found dead, and he's, what, like, I think 80, 79 79 years old. And so, so, you know, I mean, all of you guys know this, but the Supreme Court justices, they're, like, the only way they can leave office is if they die. And um, the only people that can appoint one is a president when one of those seats is, you know, vacant. So it's just very interesting. All these stories are coming out. Supposedly he was found with a pillow over his face. Weird. I. <laughs> who knows. I mean, so I'm seeing a Netflix documentary made out of this. Yeah.
2: You it's really weird though because I I hadn't heard about the pillow until you said it. But whenever I saw the headlines, it was never he passed away. It was always found dead, which is very dramatic. Mm-hmm. So, like, how much is it already? The media just playing up yeah. anything yeah. they can because. So now Obama has a chance to fill another seat and leave more of a legacy. And yeah, mm-hmm. I saw
3: this um, little tip, tidbit about how in Texas the way they they handle these kind of uh, found body cases is in Texas. Like the, yeah, in That's Texas, where was found, right? yeah, it was found. It was south of Marfa, which is oh way God. west, like middle it's of nowhere. where he lives? No, it was he was on some hunting ret- retreat or oh. some kind of resort. The
2: story what? is just getting more. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and so the. Medical um, examiner or whoever calls those kind of things in that certain area, they can, they can make a claim on the cause of death without actually seeing the body. And so it was reported like three or four different ways before. So I don't, I don't know if it's actually been confirmed one way or the other. Somebody's like heart attack, his heart just stopped beating. Um, then there's the pillow theory.
0: The thing I read that was strange was saying something that there wasn't going to be an autopsy or something like that. And I don't know very much about death situation so is there always an autopsy when someone finds a body mm-hmm. or is that just
2: i can't don't think s- say i don't think so i think it's only if there's like, a reason Suspe- Suspe- a suspicion yeah. or yeah. foul play or something yeah. and maybe someone just wants an autopsy done and they're like yeah maybe his pillow is on his head and like yeah. that just started the ball rolling this
3: guy seems important enough that maybe yeah. we should know for sure yeah since no one else was there supposedly. yeah
0: <laughs> anyway it's interesting
1: it's, yeah i you cannot
3: write. think a crazier television drama this, than this election in cycle. The For, For all of this. It is For so you nuts. A
0: freaking like, <laughs> just, I mean, already it's just like, you know, it's sad. It's a person, you know, yeah. that's got family. And, and mm-hmm. so, like, um, you know, all due respect to the family and everybody. It's just so crazy the timing of it um, right in the middle of all this drama. So, yeah. anyways, I yeah. thought that was interesting.
2: It is interesting. It is crazy.
1: Well, what about you, Emily? What do you have? Um,
2: So I want to talk about gravitational waves, and I will probably butcher this um, because I'm not a science person. Finally, I've been wanting to talk about this for years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so basically, here's the thing. Um, Whenever Einstein publishes Theory of Relativity like almost 100 years ago or whatever, somewhere in the century mark ago, um, he put forth this idea about gravitational waves. And everyone was like, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Um, so for a hundred years his theory has been in question um, and more recently I guess they've started to realize that it was definitely true, but they didn't have proof. Um, so now this past week they finally found proof that gravitational waves definitely exist. Um, and if you're like me and failed astronomy and you have no idea what that means, uh, actually I didn't fail. I just did very poorly <laughs> um, but we'll so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of the word fail um but what, so what gravitational waves are, I guess, is whenever two really big objects in space collide, like massive like black holes or something, it like creates such a huge force that it sends out gravitational waves, and basically it's like a ripple in time, which is insane, like if you think about that like that, it's really cool, so if it were to happen somewhere where we could like feel it or see it it would be we the whole horizon would like shiver basically and like everything it would be really weird you would feel like you were on mushrooms or something so wait how do we know exists or what, so what i don't say? know what they did that now they know they exist do you know you know yeah i, I, I heard <laughs>
3: I, was, I had a lot of i listen to npr on my way Drew knows into a lot of things and that's <laughs> yes. why we like i listen to I, I had npr on always on my way in and way out of work so i usually catch news of the day and they have these two big um they're, they're lasers. Yeah. And it was, like, the first big discovery on both of these um, both of these instruments. And they both detected these little bloops. And it was literally just, like, bloop. Like, and there were two of them. And they, you know, they, te- they basically had to take everything they thought that it could be that wasn't a gravitational wave and test, to be sure, before they could claim that it was. And if I... <laughs> I couldn't even get into how it works. All I know right. it's lasers. Yeah.
0: It's science it's and lasers. So, so <laughs> one more time, a gravitational wave is when two things hit each other. What are the two things?
2: So something as big as a black hole.
0: Something as so large as a black hole.
2: Insanely massive. Runs
0: into another thing as large as a black hole. Yes. Another black hole. Out in, in the, the ap- middle of somewhere. In the middle of yeah. Not the in universe. our atmosphere. No,
2: nowhere like near. No. But S- it's far enough away
0: to where it happens, it sends waves through our atmosphere. Through,
2: so whenever they hit us... Uh, so. The one that they like found or saw or whatever was like over a billion years ago. Um, And so by the time it got to us, the waves were teeny tiny. So it's not really a thing. But if it were to happen, you know, I mean, it won't. So
0: the thing. So when it happens, it could be like a billion years ago. By the time the waves hit our atmosphere and go Mm -hmm. through our atmosphere, we would feel it to such a force that it would be it would shake our time continuum. Yes. So we would if go back in time. If it was close enough, I, I <laughs> enough. But it was close enough and large travel. enough, then we might the, see Then something, time. some yeah. weird stuff might something happen. Matrix. This would be, I mean, I'm like, that right? Is, you're, you're, my so the, movie. this, is this is head cool. spinning.
3: Like the implications of knowing that they do exist is like if we're able to track the gravitational waves, we could potentially find the center of the universe and the origin of the Big Bang.
2: Right. So the thought behind it, they, they compared it to two things. One was that um, it's like the people who are studying space have new sense and now they can hear sound. That's like the equivalent. So they have a whole new sense to explore the universe and they also compared it to dinosaur bones. So basically like these gravitational waves can hold a lot of information about the past of the universe and now we have access to that because we know they exist.
0: So we just need to find one and chat with one Yes, we just to need play. to hang
2: out with some gravitational waves and we'll know everything. A few little bloops.
0: All I'm hearing is like, you know, this could be like a spiritual like insight thing, but it's like all I'm hearing is Adele's like, "Hello." <laughs> <the sky>. Hello. <laughs>
1: That's so cool. I hope that does mean time travel, though. That's all I heard was time
3: travel. It's a really, (laughs) it's a really, really big deal, though. Like it just, I mean, I think it'll it'll start to be reflected more in the general populace as it, you know, as it gets kind of more distilled for common understanding. But like, there was this one dude who, uh, one dude, yeah, this one really, really smart guy who, let's give him something better than he, he he was one of the first people to find it and confirm that it was a gravitational wave, but since they were going through it and testing everything, he couldn't come out and be like, We did and we found gravitational yeah. waves because then obviously it wouldn't have been one.
0: Actually like five years ago I was hanging out with another dude <laughs> said some stuff about it. So I think he was the first one.
1: That's very interesting. Cool story, well, my story um, is not quite on the same level of scientific <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. Mine is from the Citizen Times and is about a suspected laundry thief that threatens to burn down a house. Did you guys hear about this? No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy Joshua from Candler, our little neighbor, it broke into his neighbor's house and he stole a bunch of random stuff, like a couple of things that I thought were notable, crest toothpaste, mm. toilet paper, Tide laundry pods, which I do love those. Have you guys used the Tide laundry pods? <laughs> no, I don't trust anything that comes in a pod. Yeah. <laughs> and he did steal a, mo- a motorcycle helmet. So um, everything... Is that like the highest value That was the item? highest value. Well, that was oh. the funny part. So everything that he stole added up to only around like $500 in value. But he did sell the uh, motorcycle helmet at a pawn shop. Hmm. And then somebody confronted him about it and he said... If you go to the sheriff's department, I will kill you, and I'll burn down your house when I get out. So, what? he's in jail now. Um, but <laughs> but didn't
2: burn down the house beforehand. <laughs> no. so. okay.
1: But I thought that was so crazy. And whenever I was reading it, it reminded me of whenever I was in college – and I lived in the dorms, and me and my roommates used to steal toilet paper from like the public bathrooms at school, oh, yeah. Yeah. and take them back to our oh, dorm yeah. room. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and like, <laughs> done that. Yeah. And I, um, I'm of course paying them back thousands and thousands of dollars in student loans. They got so their
3: dirty money. I
1: don't feel bad about it. Nope. But I was curious if you guys had ever um, done anything like that or stolen something small that didn't really feel like stealing.
3: Let's just say that the. Uh the toilet pep- toilet paper container in our public dorm bathroom was so gnawed away. Just like it's supposed to be like a little specialized key and it was just like anything like kind of key shaped would just get used to t- to open it. <laughs> so many people had just a generation. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically just <laughs> it was the worst kind of just it's it's barely holding on. So yeah, lot lots of toilet paper toilet for paper me. Stealing. Just such a necessity. You know?
0: <laughs> I, okay, fine. I feel pressured. To, to admit. Okay. When I was like 21, I used to, uh, I used to work at this big ministry. It was out in the middle of East Texas and it was like this big missions organization. And so I worked there for seven years. I was on their staff and I also worked at a church down the street. And so I was like the worship pastor at the church down the street for like their youth group. So I always had to like print off like, these, like, songs for, like, the band and stuff. And so I always had to have, like, these... Anyways... I would always used the printer at the other one. And that was like, they would always oh. tell us, like, no outside printing jobs, you know? Yeah. So I'd always print every week. I'd be like, ah, eh, it's like seven sheets of paper. Ah, yeah, uh, it's thanks. like 20, it's only like 20 sheets of paper this week. And so I would always think, and I would always think to myself, and i would always say to myself, oh, I'll give them the paper next week. I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, like, get, I'll bring in, and then finally, like, by the end of the year, I was like, like two or three years or something. I was like, I'll give, I'll bring in like a thing, big package of paper. And then I ended up moving, and I would always randomly think, <laughs> Oh, I should I send have. them back some paper. <laughs> then they would invite me back as a speaker. For years for like three more years and I would think about it every time I go back and I'd be like uh, and I think one time I even gave a friend that still worked there I was like hey man here's like 20 bucks for some paper I, used, I can't remember but I like to think for conscience sake that I actually did give them some money <laughs> but I'm sure I used so much paper and I definitely felt like I was stealing it and so.
1: ink the expensive yeah yeah too. but you know the, well.
0: the sad part is I would lo- I'd love to say you know it didn't affect them they're doing fine the fact is about two years ago they shut down because oh. of uh, because <laughs> financial much- issues. A, a, cited, a cited lack of printer ink was yeah. right in the center of the document. I can't help but to think that maybe I had a, something to do Small with that. Small part in that. But. this
3: um, penny, penny, and diamond and blame. Uh, nope.
2: No I don't know. no, stealing. I don't know. I'm like trying to think of it and I feel like I I don't know. The only time I've ever stolen anything and it really like struck my conscience, was um, as in kindergarten. And I did not get along with my kindergarten teacher, which is crazy, because I was the cutest five-year-old that ever existed. But for some reason, she did not like me. She was never nice to me. Um, and so one day, I got to go to the treasure box. I guess I, she was in a good mood that day, and Emily got to go to the treasure box. Um but, like, my way of getting back at her for being mean to me all the time was I took two bookmarks instead of one, Ooh. and I gave the bookmark to my bad friend who didn't get to go to the treasure box. For the rest of my life, it has completely scarred me. i like, God, I stole an extra bookmark. What was I thinking? So that's the way I'm like, I really don't think there's anything else yeah. other than that one bookmark incident. We're, we're not that counts. mad, does, <laughs> but, but I am that's... disappointed that you did that. You might need to leave. I'm really okay. <laughs> That's great.
3: I thought
4: we were gonna screen our guest
0: host. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: our next segment is Asheville lately. So each week we each of us will share our favorite local spot products, ideas, or Asheville thing of the week. Um, now, it's been kind of a heavy week here in Asheville, as you guys know, and I do want to start off by giving our condolences to the family and friends of Christina Kessinger. Uh, Many of you have probably already heard that one of our Asheville locals was murdered this week. And for those of you who knew her, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And as safe as our little town may feel, there are always people out there who are wanting to do others harm. So just be careful, be aware of your surroundings, and be safe out there.
0: Yeah, when we heard about that, um, it was like... Soup, like really freaked us out a little bit. Did you guys hear about that this yeah, week? Yeah. Yeah. A
2: little briefly. And it's it's true, you know, we I think all of us kind of get lost in this idea of, that we live in a utopian society because we do to a huge extent. Like Asheville is like no other place on earth, but it doesn't mean that everyone here is absolutely perfect and no one has negative intentions. So yeah, just be aware. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just like crazy. You know, she was just doing her normal life and she wasn't like doing anything wrong or like yeah. it was, So I don't know. I just want to encourage folks out there that are like, especially like women who walk around alone or just be aware of your surroundings. Just, I always tell Christina, like, just be aware of who's behind you and who's in front. It doesn't mean you got to live paranoid, but just being aware helps you stay safe. So,
1: okay. So now let's talk about some happier things that have been going on in Asheville this week. Um,
2: Emily, do you want to start with your thing of the week? Yeah. Okay. So I have a really happy thing of the week. Um, chocolate is the base of this. So that makes everybody happy. Um, so anyone who knows me, gosh, I'm going to sound like such an alcoholic. I'm sorry. Um, maybe I should rephrase this anyways, I'll just go with it. Um, so anybody who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of cocktails, um, and well-made, well-crafted cocktails. And my favorite place in town for that is definitely Crow and Quill, um, which I don't know if they haven't been open that long or what, but I feel like they kind of fly under the radar a little bit, but it's a really cool spot. It's like grandma's attic meets prohibition bar. Um, But the best part about it is that they do have fantastic cocktails and they're totally unique. They're very different from anywhere else I've ever been, anywhere in the country. Um, And my favorite of those is the Truffle Kerfuffle. Please explain. Yes, (laughs) um, tell me more. (laughs) Um, So basically, I think it's akin to the the, the truffle drink from French Broad, um, because I know you guys have touched on that in the past. So I think it's akin to that. It's basically like liquid chocolate, but with alcohol in it. And it's delicious, and it's warm, and then they top it with their special house-made whipped cream, and it is fantastic—like absolutely mm. delicious. So, if you like chocolate and booze, that's my that's my treat for this week. Ooh, wow, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll have to try that. Where's that located? I like all of those. Things. Um, so it's on Lexington, I think. It's kind of by like the record shop, sort of by Broadway's on that block. Nice. Yeah, check it out. All right. I'll be well, there you Want to go,
3: Drew? My thing of the week, actual thing of the week, is uh, Salt and Smoke. So, Salt and Smoke is, is this little. Uh, they, they, it's kind of like a they, they do food busking, and they they food work food busking out, food busking. So it's like where the food is, The food is free, and they were and they work off tips. Oh, cool! And the cool thing about these guys is that they take cards and everything too, so it's not limited to just cash tips. But they operate out of uh, Burial Beer, and. They have they do a lot of different themed menus. Uh, a lot of they operate on weekends and and weekdays, and they usually post their menus up on Instagram whenever they're gonna um, be out there for the day. And this past week um, was the beginning of Mardi Gras, and so they were doing it was burials packed, and they had they had bands playing, and they had um, New Orleans themed food mm-hmm. uh, to go along with that. And I had yes. I think the best po' boy in my life. Wow, nice. uh, it was like maybe the simplest. thing like I'm, I so. I love sandwiches in all forms. Mm-hmm. So anything between bread is going to be just awesome to me. That <laughs> um, it was like it was a sauce and shrimp and seasoning, and it was just perfect. Nice. So yeah, big ups to them. Salt and smoke. smoke. Salt and smoke.
1: Nice. Now, do they do the um, the brunch at Burial too, or is that different? The like donation based brunch is that the same thing? Yeah, yes. It is the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, my thing of the week is the dry goods shop. And that's in West Asheville. If you haven't been there, you need to go. It's a storefront, but they also have classes and workshops. Um, Me and Emily were talking about going to the sewing one. Yeah, we'll Um, be there, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, we think we'll be there.
2: We think
1: we might be there. So if you are, See you there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Um, And they're doing like a quilting workshop and just all kinds of this like, cool stuff there. But I was there last week, and I bought a bunch of plants. They had all these really pretty plants for, like, $4. I wish I could tell you the name of them so you could visualize it, but I'm not good with plant names. <laughs> I have no idea what they are. They
2: were green. They're, they're green.
1: <laughs> they grow, they're grow. beautiful. Um, so check out the Dry Goods
2: shop. Yep. That whole block, on, or, like, that series of blocks is really cool over there. Mm-hmm. So whenever I just went to Dry Goods this weekend for the first time, um, and enjoyed that. Flora is amazing. Flora is so awesome. So yeah. cool. Like there's so many different little, like, cause I was like, yeah, the plants, whatever, but no, there's so much there. And then whist, I think next door yeah. to, to flora also is really cool. Knickknacks and fun mm-hmm. stuff and gifts. Um, so yeah, West Asheville is still on the come up for sure. So did you
0: get plants from there
2: too?
1: I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry, sorry, did I miss that part? <laughs> I think my head was sewing
0: out. I was like, I thought I saw a uh, gravitational wave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of plants last week from all kinds of well,
0: different places. if you didn't see it, I mean, y'all came to our game night, um, it looks like a forest in our house.
2: Right yeah, there's and a lot of green.
0: really nice. It's very I temperate. I really like plants. Yeah. You
2: know, I have to admit, it has inspired me. So in the past, I never really got plants because whenever I did, I would kill them almost immediately. have a black thumb. Why? Why did you do that? I don't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, just really cruel. I don't choice. like the way they look at me. Um, so, but no, but I was inspired. And so I bought plants this week from nice. um, Roses on Charlotte Street. Another little plug. Oh, yeah. It's an incredible plant store. And the people in there were really sweet and really knowledgeable. And they offered me a hot cider. Um, but I did buy plants, and so now I have three green living things in my house, and they have not died yet. Keep them alive. Congratulations. Yep. You got this. Yes. Thank you.
0: Well, I mean, we definitely started, like, putting a lot of, because we just painted our entire apartment condo white, and so did you guys ever come to our house when it was, like, purple mm-hmm. yeah Blue? it was Shani, do you remember that I, yeah like, <laughs> i guess like
1: what? yeah drew doesn't remember but <laughs> nobody <laughs> remembers everybody i'm like yeah we painted it white and they're like wasn't it always like this what was the intensity the of the purple it, it was i mean like, it was like an easter egg if you're egg. there
0: at okay. night it looked gray nice. but okay. if you're there during the day it looks like when you go into the house it looked like you were in an easter egg like every single room it was all pastels okay. it was rough yeah <laughs> and she hated it and i didn't i was i've never been the interior designer in our family (laughs) or even when i lived alone (laughs) um i got things from kirklands that's how (laughs) interior designing i was but she like pointed it out and hated it for a year. So we've been like waiting to ask our landlord because the first time we asked, she said no. And um, why but, would you say no?
1: She because had she just had just painted, painted it. it. She just um, painted. Yeah. It when We moved. She in. just
0: bought that condo and then painted it right when she bought it. Then we moved in two months later. I'm like, can we paint it? And she was like, um, I just yeah, I did don't that. Know. <laughs> but we painted it all white and then we got all these green plants and so now everything pops and it so looks
2: really. Awesome. It looks anyway, great. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Welcome. Um, I don't know what it is about Asheville, but it seems like all the houses have really strange. Yes. So my apartment i love my apartment but the walls are all brown which like like a tannish brown not like dark brown or anything but then they also just painted the ceilings brown like the same oh. so it's all the same <laughs> and i feel like i'm in like a cocoon or something whenever <laughs> i look around um but i guess it's not as bad as bright pastels but it's still obnoxious you
1: know? yeah you're right though about astral i feel like all of the like different apartments and places i've been into have like crazy colors in every yeah. room so interesting well
3: how else could they sell them on their charm If they weren't all weird in so many different ways.
0: (laughs) All right. My thing of the week is Mela. And that is on, I think that's on Lexington Avenue as well. And um, we went there for Christina's birthday last week. Happy birthday, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) What did we eat? I can't remember what we ate now. It Um, was really good.
1: Did we get butter chicken?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: And we got some samosas. Mm. It was just Indian so food, good. and it
0: was really good. Yeah. Garlic
1: naan.
3: Garlic naan. Yeah, Gastic. shout out to the buffet at for Shore. I was about to sure. say.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: Well, I we went been for dinner, so, but I, I guess to. if you go to lunch, they have a buffet. Oh yeah. And
1: it's
3: I've like, heard it's oh, fantastic. fantastic.
1: How much is it? I heard it's a really good it's, deal. It's ten or eleven dollars. I think it's ten. Okay, I think if you have either G-Map. a student
3: ID or if you pay in cash, you get like a dollar off. What about a fake student ID? Does that work? Yes. Go for it.
1: Absolutely. No. Sean's like, yes, those work.
0: So check out Mela if you enjoy good Indian food.
1: Awesome. Great. Well, let's move on to our interview. Blaze, you did our interview this week, right? I did.
0: I sat down with Matt Tomey, and he works, uh, he is a local artist in town. He's a basket maker, a basket weaver. Um, He has been here since like 2008, I believe. He works down at the River Arts District and um, has his own basket weaving shop, and he does all kinds of work for um, large homes, small homes. He does custom baskets, and he does it full time, and so we just talked about um, the local artist scene around town and how and kind of his journey and becoming an entrepreneur artist and uh he's he's very inspiring dude so i think you guys are going to really enjoy this interview so
1: yeah, I do want to say one thing really quick um, that might be confusing. Whenever Blaze told me about him, I thought he made like baskets, like that you put your socks in and yeah. stuff. <laughs> but he makes like basket sculptures. So it's like oh, these wow. things you put on the wall that are like works of art. They're amazing. They're really well, yeah, beautiful. So you have to like see them. Whenever you say the word basket, it like doesn't <laughs> you're do it right, justice. I think you're right. Right. I'm Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like these insane things that you put on your wall that are like he's Like he does
0: these kind of custom jobs where people are like yeah i'm building a million dollar home and i would like you to make 30 different basket type sculptures for my home or things like that and so uh, but he's totally a down-to-earth dude and he's kind of like um he yeah i mean you'll hear you'll hear him talk but he's all about collaborating he's got the same kind of heart that we have like in Astral folk and stuff and so he's just really cool guy i think you'll be inspired by the interview
1: all right let's hear that now
4: This is Matt Tommy, and uh, I'm an artist and author and speaker. When I got to University of Georgia, um, I found a book on basket making, and uh, which is like, where did that come from? You know? Just random book, but it was, I had grown up in Boy Scouts and being in the woods and just kind of loving being outdoors, and basketry gave me a language uh, that I could express my love for being outdoors and harvesting things outside and that sort of thing. And so I did that as a hobby for years, and then uh, back in 2008, I started exploring sculptural work and moved here to Asheville in 2009, and um, everything just took off. So. So I always tell people that don't think about grandma's basket. Just think about basketry as a language, just like you would uh, painting as an artistic medium or music as an artistic medium. Just because you're a musician doesn't mean you do the same thing. B.B. King is not Celine Dion, is not Mm -hmm. Beyonce. You know, it's different expressions. And so for me, I use traditional weaving methods and that sort of thing, but to do really uh, sculptural forms, uh, primarily for luxury mountain homes here in the area, um, but I do a lot of things that are very inspired by nests and pods and um, things that you would find just walking through the woods. I always said uh, every basket begins with a walk in the woods, and so it's just a really um, nice way to be able to take natural things that I find uh, and bring them in here and create things that evoke that sort of natural aesthetic in the home. I've always loved being in the woods, and I've said that a couple of times now. And I, I really, um, for me, the serenity of being there in you know, my spiritual connection with all of that. Um, and so I, I just love... I've always loved the idea, ever since being a kid, of being able to walk in the woods, grab something totally random, bring it back, and create something beautiful from that. It's just Mm -hmm. this really, like, big payoff inside Mm -hmm. that. And, yeah, I love selling it, too. I mean, that's a great payoff as well. But but I love this idea that I went into the woods and brought something out. And um, it seems very redemptive for me. And I think that's a big part of my work is this sort of redemptive nature of using invasive species, Uh, things that people hate or call junk or no good Uh, kind of taking those and reclaiming them for things of beauty and so i think that it just not only speaks to the art side but also kind of who i am as a person and what i feel like i'm supposed to be doing in the earth so that's awesome yeah
0: tell us a little bit about kind of your journey with the artist community here in Asheville. whenever you started getting people together and
4: yeah sure You know, I think um, a lot of us are used to working by ourselves, and so community is not something that is um, a natural thing for artists. But I think it's something that we all long for: Mm -hmm. um, meaningful relationships and that sort of thing. And so, as soon as I opened the studio here, I started opening it on Monday nights for a group um, of artists and. You know, we'd have 10-some nights, 50-some nights. just depends on what the night was. We'd do, uh, you know, book studies or we'd go to a museum or have a guest speaker or things like that. But Mm -hmm. really just an excuse to get together. And I found that over the years, it just became this really rich place of people sharing their life together. Not just about, um, you know, this is what I do, but about who I am. I think for artists and all of us who create, it's really easy to... Uh, have your identity based on what you do. Hmm. And I feel like for me and what I feel like God wants to do in this is not only celebrate what we do, but also affirm that place of who we are. Yeah, you know, identity for me is is, is a huge issue. Um, it started, I think, in my own life, just growing up in the church and going through a lot of crap. Um, I'd been sexually abused as a kid, um, kind of developed this life of performance, and, and church and art and creativity and all that kind of got mixed up in all that. So... Um, what I did was who I was, and that became a really big deal for me, and so I had to go through this process I call Unlocking the Heart of the Artist, which is a book I wrote uh, back in 2009, but it's just kind of peeling away of all of this excess, mm-hmm. you know, of, and, and getting down to the core of who I am, and I find that that's a very, uh, it's not just something that I've gone through, it's something that a lot of people, regardless if they're creative or not, but Especially creatives go through mm-hmm. um, is trying to connect to who they really are, and we see it, uh, you know, in the Christian tradition. We see it in almost every spiritual tradition. This idea of renewing your mind of mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we think that life just happens on autopilot or for a lot of people, it may, I call it a mailbox mentality. You know, you're just trusting that everything's going to work out, mm-hmm. um, like when God gets in a good mood or, you know, something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, we had this opportunity to uh, co-create our life mm-hmm. with the one who created us. And I love that. And a, but a big part of that is renewing your mind and convincing your heart uh, some people call that your subconscious, whatever, that um, what you are dreaming for and imagining for and believing is really what's true, not everything that you've been through in your life. Not hmm. your woundedness, your brokenness, your bad experiences, your what other people have said about you, all that. But, hmm. So you're recalibrating your inner GPS system. You know, I journal a lot. I read a lot. Um, I'm always focusing on... Um, where I want to go, what I feel like God has said to me, what I feel like is in my heart to do, passions, dreams, all that. And I'm very intentional about that. And so... People have said over the years, "Oh, man, you know, God is—you have such favor in your life, and all this kind of stuff." And I'm like, I don't even think about it that way. I think about it as this is the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Everything else, is just life sucks and it's hard, and money's not easy to come by, and all—all all that's just—that's not true. Uh-huh. That's just based on people's negative experiences, mm-hmm. and um, it's only those things are only as true as you allow them to be. Yeah. So, um, I try to help artists, especially. Break that old starving artist mentality, and kind of get out of that, and say, "Listen, if you were designed to be creative, then you were. There's money for you. There's clients for you. There's mm-hmm. there's fulfillment for you. All of that's a part of your package, mm-hmm. and it's not something you have to go run after. It's something that you just have to tune into."
0: When you look at your journey from becoming, you know, starting with the basketry and then becoming a Mm full-time artist, um, what was that transition like for you? Because I know there's so many out there that are trying to do that or stepping into that and kind of freaked out. What was that like for you?
4: Yeah. I call it the bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for it's rare that anybody kind of just becomes an artist automatically. Mm -hmm. You know, usually you're doing something else. You're working a job, working at a coffee shop, working, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And you kind of over time, uh, turn around one day and you're like, Hey, I'm an artist. This is great. You know, Mm -hmm. um, some people never realize that though. So I think there's got to be number one, uh, some intentionality behind that, which is part of, I think getting your mindset, um, in that. I mean, because honestly, if people believe, You know, life sucks, art is hard, you can't make a living from it, then guess what? You can't. Mm. You know, whether you're right or you're wrong, you're You're right. right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, that is, I think, for most artists, getting over the mind game, the head game about, is this possible, is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, then, I think it's just its just kind of, you know, what your mom and dad told you and what kindergarten taught us. You know, it, when you're faithful with the little things, when you do well with just the things that nobody sees, then over time you build, um, you know, a reputation and people, you begin to get more opportunity and more authority in the area and that sort of thing. And so um, I find that, you know, um, Like in Matthew 25 where Jesus says, the parable of the stewards, you know, he gives each one a talent. Mm -hmm. And he he says, uh, you know, you get one, you get two, you get five. And at the end, he comes back and rewards a couple of them and says, you've been faithful with little, now I'm going to make you ruler over much. Mm -hmm. And so kind of growth, I think, for anybody, uh, regardless of what your journey is, is kind of based in that, that. When you're faithful with the little things and you connect to your design, uh, then you can just trust that all the things that you need are going to begin to come to you in that. And so I just, I tell people, you know, connect with your design uh, and then begin to look for um, the things that you need with expectation. Life doesn't happen on autopilot, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and you can't just wait for things to happen. I don't think, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, God directs your steps, not your standing still. And uh, there's that place of meditation and journal. I was doing that this morning. I take 30, 40 minutes every morning. I come in here, sit in the big comfy chair by the heater. I journal. I'm just, you know, kind of checking in spiritually, emotionally on my day. What am do I doing? and all that. And um, I do that. But then it's time to go. Yeah. Let's get on with it. And that, to me, is the exciting
0: What are your favorite uh, spots in Asheville? Since you've been here for a while, what are your favorite restaurants or places to go?
4: Sure, sure. One of our favorite restaurants is Chestnut downtown. I love it. Not only just because of great food, um, the guys that own Corner Kitchen own that, which is another favorite restaurant, but they also have a lot of craft and artists in there. It's just a wonderful, wonderful place.
0: What is your favorite part about, in particular, living in Asheville or being an artist in Asheville?
4: I think, for me, it is being just Consumed with art and creativity and other creative people. And so you can't help but get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell people, if you want to be an artist in Asheville, it's the real deal. I mean, you got to bring your A game. you got to... But, so you feel that pressure kind of in a good way. But at the same time, there's this intense sort of uh, collaborative thing that's just kind of in the air. Yeah. So you're always encouraging each other, pushing each other. What about this? Every time you go to somebody else's studio, you're like... <gasps> I bet mean, I could do that with this and that. it just colors yeah. and all this. So I just—I get so much inspiration and encouragement from being here with other artists and other artists that are making it. I yeah. think that's the, it's not the starving artist thing here in Asheville, especially the River Arts District where I am. These are, mm-hmm. are artists that are making it. They've figured out how to do the business side and be authentically creative, uh, connect with that place inside of them that still gives them life when they create mm-hmm. and make money at it. I love that.
0: What has helped you grow in that area or become the business artist?
4: You know, I, I think um, one of the first things that I did that was, I think, really key is when I was not a full-time artist um, and I didn't need the money from when I sold stuff. Every bit of money that I made with my baskets, I put it in an envelope in a file drawer of my house. Oh, wow. And before long, I had $3,000, $5,000, mm-hmm. you know, in there. I still have that envelope, and it still has about that much in it. And wow. Just, it's just kind of uh, seed money. Yeah. And I take it out and put more of it back in there, that sort of thing. But it kind of uh, gave me – I always tell people, don't eat your seed. Hmm. You know, you, we all need that seed money to get started. So, like, when you're paying for a show or you need photographs, you need stuff for your booth or, yeah, you know, marketing materials, whatever it is, got to have that. And that was a big thing for me. Um, I think the other thing that was really important, and for me, was finding my niche. And I know people throw that kind of word around, but you have to find out. You have to realize that you don't, as a full time artist, like a working artist, you can't just be about oh, this is what I create and if people love it, great; if they don't, i will just be you know the, the starving artist. If you want to make money at it, you have to find that place of authenticity with you. And then you have to pay intense attention to who responds to that, mm-hmm. and not just who tells you tell them, you're so talented, you're so wonderful, and oh, you're the best thing since sliced. But no, who is pulling out the credit card? Right. Who is buying the card? Right. And you find out. And I think just because of my marketing background um, and my love for people, I think I've done that well. Mm-hmm. Is I know what I love to create, and I know why people buy what I created. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to increase that connection with people. Yeah. Whether it's through my website, uh, the way that I talk to people, uh, the way that I sell, the way I go out to people's houses and look at the space before mm-hmm. I do something. Mm-hmm. I'm always building relationship yeah. with people, not just trying to move product. And that, for me, I think especially at the price point I'm at and the homes that the type of people that I work with, that's really important. But it's also it gives me a lot of fulfillment. Yeah. Too yeah. because it's the it's not just that I'm cranking out things to sell. That's not why I'm an artist. I'm an artist because I want to create beautiful things and connect with people that want that
0: that's great matt how can people keep up with you and uh you're you, you're an author and a speaker yeah. so this is great content how can people get more of it
4: sure i've got three books i um, mean, go to amazon.com look at my name matt tommy and uh or go to matttommy.com. they're all there um i speak all over the place internationally so i'll be in germany and australia this year um um, all over the country. So for uh, events that are spiritual in nature, or events that people want just to know about, um, marketing yourself as an artist and growing in that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of that whole end of things, I do both of those and, and equally comfortable. So I just love inspiring people and seeing people get it. And, yeah. Um, so, but website, Facebook, all that. What's your website again? Matt Tommy is T O M M E Y, but matttommy.com. dot com. All right.
0: Well, check him out. Follow him. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate yeah, that's
1: it. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, that was a great interview. We're actually, I think, going to try to have him speak at one of our business and brews, right? We
0: are. Actually, he's going to speak at our next business and okay. brews. Um, he's totally signed up to do it. So The be
1: first the- Monday in March.
0: First Monday in March. There we go. So Matt will be sharing at the first Monday in March at our next business and brews, and we will announce that location very soon on Instagram.
1: We're also working on a, fun, a lot of fun projects coming up this year with Asheville Folk that we wanted to share with you guys and keep you in the know. Okay, one thing is our photography workshop that's coming up in April. If you're a photographer, an aspiring photographer, a beginner photographer, this is for you. Um, We're going to be covering all kinds of topics from branding and client interaction to natural lighting, basic camera settings, lightroom basics, um styled shoots and how to get published
0: how many teachers do you have at this we have
1: five different photographers who are each going to share about their area of expertise there's gonna be five different teachers sharing all these different things in a one day intensive a so it's a nine of- to five and we have a um styled brunch it's mm. going to be really nice. good we're excited about that well too. what i
0: noticed too is like it's quite a bit different than i mean there are like a lot of photography works out, workshops out there that are like a thousand dollars two thousand mm-hmm. dollars i noticed this one is like under under like four hundred bucks or something.
1: Yeah. Like that, right? Well a lot so. of workshops are like a thousand dollars and I um totally see the value in that and would not knock that at all because I think they're great and you can learn a lot from them. But what we wanted to do was create a workshop that was, um, more affordable to beginner photographers because I know whenever I started photography, I did not have an extra thousand dollars. Nope. Um, most people starting out a business don't, and they're the people that need this class. A lot so of people got
0: to use that thousand dollars for a camera or a lens or
1: exactly, like, exactly, exactly. So Guess. this workshop is Guess. only, um, <laughs> <yeah. Ed-like. laughs> exactly. This workshop is $315, and instead of learning from one photographer, you learn from five. And it's also a great networking event, because what we're doing, too, is um, creating a Facebook group for everybody that attends. And then you can share ideas, tips, techniques, but also plan shoots together. Like, it's really easy to connect with other photographers and work on projects, also second shoot for one another. So it'll be something that won't only be valuable for that one day, but for the rest of your career really or relationships with these people. So I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to speak um, at it. And we already have had a lot of people sign up and it's going to be really great. But we also have um, a Asheville Folk Book Club that we just started. And Emily, do you want to share about that? Yeah, I'd love
2: to. Um, So the idea behind the Asheville Folk Book Club is that Asheville is kind of a literary hub for the South, which is already a hub of literature. Um, But I think that a lot of people in Asheville might not realize that. Um, So I wanted to be able to gather people together to talk about good books, specifically that are based in Asheville or written by Asheville authors. Um, So our first one is coming up very soon. It's full. um, But uh, the book that we're reading is great. It's called 13 Moons. It's by Charles Frazier, who's the same guy that wrote Cold Mountain, which obviously got a lot of acclaim. Um, So regardless of the club, you should – read it because it's the best book ever. Um, but then next month, which I'm also even more excited about, um, we're going to be reading *Catalucci* by Wayne Caldwell, which I've had heard very good things about. Um, and we're also going to be holding it at Crow and Quill, um, which as we've already discussed, I am a big fan of. Um, but so we'll open registration for that sometime soon ish. Um, and then after that, we're probably going to read Gap Creek and look homeward angel, maybe, which I've heard is very hard to get through. So um, maybe not. But yeah, so Asheville Folk Book Club, big things happen and get excited.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It'll be a great chance to just connect with other people who have similar interests and just hang out, have a cocktail, Mm -hmm. talk
2: about literature, you know, adult things. It's gonna be great. (laughs) Another thing that we're really excited about speaking of um, writing and words and book type things is uh, the Asheville Folk Magazine. Asheville Folk Magazine will be a collection of Asheville stories and ideas and people and maybe history and a lot of photography. Um, very classy. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's
1: going to be for Asheville locals by Asheville locals. Yes. So – um the first issue is going to be moving mountains, overcoming obstacles, and lives well lived. So if you're a photographer, a writer, an essayist, and you want to submit some
2: work, um, just submit it to editorial at AshevilleFolk.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Send us a line. Um, so send over a sample maybe, and then if you have any ideas, then go ahead and throw those at us.
0: I'm really excited about that. That's going to be super cool. It's going to be really exciting. So expect yep. to see that in um, all of your local coffee shops, bookstores. And, I mean, this thing's going to be all over the place. Yep. Um, the same. I mean, imagine our Instagram, Asheville Folk Instagram. It's it's like that in magazine form. The yeah. best pictures, the best um, copy content, like articles. It's going to be
1: solid. Yeah. So it's going to be cool and then blaze you have an announcement as well
0: i do have an announcement so um we have uh christine and i this is not under the umbrella of Asheville folk this is totally separate but um christine and i have decided to start a church called pop-up church um if you guys have a lot of folks follow me on instagram or some of you maybe at least 0.2 percent of you do or 0.02 <laughs> one of those um but you know that i'm a preacher that's what i've been doing for like many many years and uh We just decided, let's do this thing called Pop-Up Church. One service a month, just kind of see what happens, and we just want to welcome anybody that wants to come. If you grew up in church and you totally don't believe in God anymore, you can totally come, and you're free to come and not believe in what we believe in. But if you like what you feel from us, then you're going to get that same feel. Uh, So I like to say it's Jesus without religion. So (laughs) anyway, um, if you're interested, come out. It's Tuesday, the 23rd of February at 7 p.m., at Vintage Rentals will be the first
1: one. East West. East West. East West Vintage Rentals and West Asheville.
0: There you go. Yes.
1: We're excited about that. And last announcement, real quick, as you heard from our sponsor at the beginning, fall break, (laughs) um, that is the newest Asheville Folk Project we're working on. If you like Business and Brews and our uh, our creative gatherings, Business and Brews, our dinners, it's going to be all of that combined, plus camping. We're bringing in a lot of inspiring speakers, hosting workshops, and having um, just a little weekend, or a week in the fall where we're all going to get together. It's going to be really fun. Um, you can check that out at fallbreak.co or follow us on Instagram at fallbreak.co. And do you have any announcements, Drew? So
0: don't you have
3: like an Etsy shop or something like that? I've got a little shop on Etsy called uh, OK Coyote. Mainly, you know, a few posters some stickers Um, music-related, Asheville-related local items.
2: Awesome. Very cool. Everybody check that out? Yeah. Oh, Oh, can I do a plug for me? Yeah, Please do. I do copywriting and copy editing, um, so I've been doing a lot of web work recently. So if you need help with uh, your website content, I'm very cheap, um, which is also great. Um, But really, I I have a lot of experience in a lot of different kinds of copywriting and copy editing. So my website is asilaywriting.com um mm. so yeah you can reach out to me on there and we'll get something set up
0: last shout out is subfi studio here off of broadway near downtown and uh, you can reach subfi studio at lewis at gmail.com it's lewis l-e-w-i-s d-a-h-m at gmail.com if you're interested in recording here as a recording artist or a band
1: All right, thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. 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 This is the Asheville Folk Podcast. Join us weekly for inspiration, motivation, and lots of laughs as we explain what it's like to live in our southern yet liberal, hippie, and sometimes redneck little town called Asheville.
2: From the other side